Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of How to Scale Your Business. This is your host, Eric Corey. And today on the podcast, I have Jason Turner, founder of Digifusion Network. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be here, Eric. Thank you. Awesome. We're happy to have you here as well. So can you give us a little bit of the history and the background of uh, Digibution? All right. Uh, well, um, yeah, for Digibution, basically, uh, it's my brainchild uh, that started from, I was working at FedEx at the time uh, during the pandemic and um, basically working through the Distribution Center, one of the largest ones, if not their largest, in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Um and I wound up getting injured. And uh, I had an idea basically to create some type of application uh, for the logistics company that I was going to try to pitch to FedEx. So uh, I talked to my manager. He said, you know, that sounds like a good idea. Um, you know, write something up and then, you know, maybe I'll take it to one of the superiors. All right, cool. So while I was injured and I was out, I started to do and, and, and go through the process of, of uh, creating the concept. And all the different stuff that I'm seeing on TV and everything as far as the pandemic, the uh, supply chain um, uh, issues, um, and then like the baby formula issue where, um, you know, mothers weren't able in the Midwest being able to actually receive baby formula to come feed their kids. And then it basically took the president to find a supplier, <laughs> a reliable supplier, and fly it in. Uh, and within that emerging, I said, wow, I said, this really shouldn't be this bad. Like, I'm surprised these companies don't have other redundancies or other relationships where if something falls down, they can just reach out and, and get a new supply made or, or built. Um, so I was like, it just has to be a better way. So I wound up going through the process of learning more about the logistics space, um, you know, uh, dispatching. I wound up dispatching for a little bit, got my certification in dispatching. Um, uh, a freight broker, got my certification as a freight broker, learning the business and now some of the terminologies, um, the regions, the price points, all that. So all that due diligence gave me the framework of building distribution network, which is a legion B2B to C directory for supply chain professionals. And we focus mostly in procurement and the logistics parts of the supply chain. You can't have one without the other. Procurement is dealing with contracts and making sure everything is up to speed and making sure you're not wasting any money. Or if you are wasting money, find ways to find other suppliers or manufacturers or other ways to actually save costs. And logistics is basically setting up the end-to-end -end movements of whatever the product is to get to the place on time in a, in a safe manner. Awesome. Yeah, and you know, I'd love to you know share with our listeners, how you got started uh, on your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, but I'm, I'm sure they would love to hear it as well. Oh, well, um, I mean, for me, I've always been an entrepreneur. I started early, um, kind of forced into an innocent. <laughs> um, you know, I was on my own since I was like 19. I worked at the New York, I very fortunately stumbled into a job at the New York Stock Exchange, straight out of high school. But I never went to college. Um, I knew somebody that was a supervisor down there. He told me about a tip agency, went to the tape agency, and then while I'm getting hired like three months uh, by his $2 brokerage firm, I have to say my boss's name because I love him to death. He changed my life, John Monaco. Um, he just gave me every opportunity on the sun to learn. I knew nothing about stock markets or anything like that, but he took a chance for me. And he also made my first investment 
into a product called Your Stage Your Music, which is one of the first music platforms, uh, in my opinion, in the United States. There's only probably one other company called Reverb Nation. And I think ASCAP has another uh, platform for their independent artists that they keep track of. Well, outside of that, it was YSYM. We hosted live music events. We did podcasts. Um, a lot of other things to try to promote and find independent artists and, and get them in front of record labels. That was cool. cool. Yeah. And hopping back into uh, Digibution, can you walk us through the overall business strategy? Oh, uh, well, well, as you know, with entrepreneurship, especially when it's a fresh idea, you're just trying to figure out what type of market or what they say product market fit. You're still trying to find that um, in the very, very early stages. And honestly, we are still trying to hone that uh, even right now um, because we're looking to raise funding, but obviously the VCs are angels that are interested. They want to make sure that we have product market fit, especially in these times uh, where, you know, money's not cheap anymore. You're paying, you know, five, maybe 12% on, on, on your money. Um, so they want to make sure before they make the investment that they're going to get some type of return, which they're looking for maybe five to 10, 10 X. Um, on their investment. So you have to have product market fit. It's very, very important nowadays um, in order to do that. Um, but as far as the strategy goes to answer your question, um, originally uh, we were looking more for logistics and focusing uh, on like owner operators who drive the actual truck um, and suppliers that provide the actual freight for the actual truck drivers. Um, but currently right now there's a freight recession. So what we did is we wound up building out a platform that can work with different parts of the supply chain. So it looks like we're looking to maybe pivot more into real estate, even though it seems like real estate, commercial real estate is about to go into a depression itself. But we feel like if we can build the relationships to get the actual agents to have the relationships for the industrial warehousing and that type of stuff, then we could set ourselves up um, for those relationships with um, the people that create the components that move the lumber, the steel, and still work with the owner operators and suppliers within that region. And real estate would be kind of like the main focus in the core. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you, you talked a little bit about a freight recession. Do you think you could go into some more detail on that? Oh, sure. Um, okay. Like, for instance, uh, for a freight truck driver, we're not talking about parcels. Parcel is way different and there's a different charge for that. But as far as freight goes, uh, owner operators or truck drivers are paid with, uh, they should be paid no less than $2 or maybe 30 cents per mile. So if they get paid less that, which now I think the market is around a dollar $1.85 or something like that per mile, they still have overhead, they still have fuel, which diesel is up, is up higher. And they can't afford to not only pay their overhead, but if they have truck payment, they got, uh, you know, um, loans. Uh, if their truck breaks down, if the truck, if they got more multiple assets and they have trucks that's sitting, they're not making any money on those specific trucks. That's why you're seeing like Yellow go out of business and a lot of other uh, brokerage uh, companies going out of business, the truck companies going out of business currently right now as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, basically the entire supply chain process all the way from procurement to the end product, you know, in real estate. Can you tell us how you're getting in contact with the 
manufacturers for, let's say, lumber or steel? How are you getting in contact with them to basically use, you know, your your software to then pull all the way through to the end of real estate? But we'll start with the procurement process. How, how are you getting in contact with these suppliers and or manufacturers? And, you know, how are you convincing them to, to work with you? Okay. Well, the goal is basically for us to be like a destination. That is our goal. So think of us as like the LinkedIn or maybe like a Google for the supply chain. Okay. So our goal is to basically let them know that, hey, we have a platform to where you can connect with either a supplier or an operator or people that make these various components. So as from my dispatcher background, you have to make the calls. So you have to actually call the supplier, let them know what you're doing, see if they're interested, if they'd be an early adopter, tell them what the cost is, which for us, the point of entry is very cheap, doesn't cost you anything, and it's basically free marketing for your particular business. Now, what we promise is basically that if you do join on and create a directory, uh, directory listing with us, we can buy a certain amount of leads for you. And hopefully that will turn into some type of return um, based off of what you convert. So, um, you know, that's basically our pitch. That's our goal. But you have to make the calls. You got to call suppliers. You got to go to the real estate uh, um, offices, talk to the actual agents. Say, hey, you can post your any of your deals that you have here. Um, we can connect you with uh, potential um, business clients that are actually looking to, for office space or looking to build a distribution center and so on and so forth. That's what gotcha, gotcha. And so is the is the markup strategy in in that in that funnel so like uh say if they're using your software um you know the all the way at the end of the realtor or real estate company to the procurement um where do you make money in that pipeline is what i'm asking basically okay 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 well for the process as far as real estate goes so let's just say um a contractor uh he found a plot of land they're working with the architect they're looking at the specs. They came up with the blueprint. Now they have relationships, you know, with the different suppliers for what they need in order to make the build. So our goal is basically to have other alternatives on the platform to where, okay, now, especially now when you have uh, cost being so high, we have financing relationship with private credit uh, uh, companies that will provide the financing. Or if you need to, uh, like for instance, right now in New York, they're looking to change office space and convert it into actual residential space. So you need financing that's very expensive to do that. We have relationships with private creditors that will actually help them with the conversion after they do their due diligence, so on and so forth. Um, so if you have a plot of land, you, you know, you need suppliers or you need um, some type of redundancy just in case one supplier falls down, we are the place that we want you to come to to find those relationships and then you'll be able to negotiate in real time what the cost is, um, how long, what lead times are, and that type of thing, and and then do what you need to do. Gotcha, now, gotcha. Now, now, what I didn't explain is how I make money is I charge to create the actual directory listing, right? And then depending on the type of deal that I bring to my uh, my finance guys, I get anywhere from 2.5% up to 40%. Gotcha. The perversion of the actual lead. So that's how I actually make money. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I know you were talking about some pivots earlier. You know, we were talking about the freight recession and, you know, maybe real estate, uh, you know, we don't really know where real estate's going yet, but 
could you talk about maybe some of the obstacles you faced so far since starting the business? Well, the obstacles are basically just educating the customer and building the credibility for them to actually use us. You know, one of the questions that I get from VCs is basically, why you? Um, so, and since I, honestly, I don't have a long standing um, years within the business, it's kind of difficult to go out there and actually pitch to enterprise level companies. So I kind of have to look for either smaller or medium sized tiered businesses and kind of see if we can work with them in the very beginning. Um, also, uh, on my board, I'm looking to bring in more credible people who have the 20, 30 years experience in these specific niches so that way I could have more credibility and then they can be the mouthpiece and go uh, sell the product for me versus me having to be out there. I can focus more on the operation and the vision and then let them who have the actual credibility and the longstanding uh, years in the business go out there and actually be the fake. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. And, you know, especially since COVID, the supply chain operations have, have changed so, so much. I mean, I've seen it in my own businesses from extremely expensive freight coming over from China to now it's relatively cheap again. Um, but I'm curious for you, since you're so, you know, you're pretty relatively new to the space, right? Like you just said, how are you staying up to date with the latest trends and development in the industry? Well, if you go on my platform, we have, you know, FreightWave, uh, we have Container Exchange, uh, we have CRates.com, uh, we have all the top, basically, low boards that uh, are credible um, in the industry, like DAT and all that stuff, one, two, three, low board, truck stop, you know, so I'm well-versed, like I said, because coming from dispatching, I, I'm accustomed to the low boards, I know how they work, I understand that in the industry, low board is actually the last resort for a supplier and uh, truck drivers. They only go to the low board when they can't find somebody to move the actual load or they don't have somebody within their system to move the load. That's the only time they actually go to low board because otherwise the whole industry is built on relationships and phone calls. So, um, you know, so just knowing those type of things and then looking at the rates, looking at uh, what the average market rate for diesel and all that other stuff, you know, I, I, I can get a knack for what the industry is going through. But you're definitely correct as far as containers is back to normal rates, two, $3,000 per container versus the 30, 40,000, 50,000 during the pandemic, which was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, you know, the time shipping candles over from uh, India and the, the, you know, freight, the freight cost was insane. So I completely understand what you're talking about. Um, I want to switch up a little bit. Um, and I want to ask you, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone if they're just getting started in, you know, the supply chain field, like what you're doing? Uh, definitely do your homework. Um, uh, really understand that if you're, there's different opportunities. Um, depending on what level you are in the actual business. So let's say if you're a dispatcher, if you're a dispatcher, you have to understand that you can only dispatch for one specific company. You can dispatch for multiple companies. So you're basically stuck at the rate at what's negotiated or market rate for that specific company. But the opportunity as a dispatcher as well um, can be if you become a freight agent and leverage your book. So relationships that you 
uh, make over the years and that, and that type of stuff, you can become a freight agent and then you can command 60% of your book and go to any freight broker, as many freight brokers as you actually want. And you can kind of work the, the numbers based off that, but you can demand 60, up to 60% of commission from any of the work that your book brings to a broker. Uh, if you're a freight broker, um, you can do the same thing as a freight agent, but nine times out of 10, you're making a lot less. You're making probably, um, on average per load, I would say anywhere from 70 to maybe 350 per load. That's your average. That's each way. So if you do the math, you know what I'm saying, it adds up depending on how much volume you're actually doing, how many carriers you got. Um, but that's on average what a freight broker actually makes off the actual deal. They make about $70 to about $350 uh, per, per load. So it just really depends. Um, and then you have to learn to really negotiate your rate um, because your truck driver is your blood. If you're not driving a truck yourself, they the bloodline of your business. So you have to treat them fair. Make sure they get paid. Make sure they have enough money to to pay their gas, pay their lease payments, and take care of their family. And everything should be fine. Uh, and try not to book something that doesn't um, that has too much deadhead time. And try to find, which is kind of difficult right now, finding a uh, a lane that's going to bring them back home versus them sitting. Because nowadays some of them are sitting about a day or two before they can actually pick up the next uh, uh, load and take it back. So those are some things on the, the truck freight side. Um, the container side, uh, if you go to like Container Exchange, uh, they will actually have a platform that can actually teach you about the market, teach you how to actually purchase containers, lease them out uh, to potential um, uh, freight foragers who are looking to utilize LTL, FPL, which is, uh, less than truckload, full truckload, or in a sense for the containers, uh, and that way you can package up a container and fill as many customers in in one container and still be able to ship it on time. Or if they're doing the FTL, which is basically a full truckload, meaning you have one specific customer that's using the whole container, and then there's so many different containers that you can use, so many different builds. Um, so there's a lot of different parts of logistics that you'll learn over time that you can make money. It's just about finding that niche and knowing how to work right right so that brings me to my next question so what's what's your typical day looking like right now right now my typical day is just trying to sell <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's it's it, it's really about just trying to build a relationship and um as a i'm the i'm the ceo so i'm supposed to be out raising educating selling and just trying to get people to know a lot more about what we're doing here at distribution. So that's my responsibility. I have a partner named Eddie Cura, he's my CTO. Um, we also have a, a desktop platform, which you can go to distributionnetwork.com uh, and actually check out the directory platform. Um, and we also have a phone application uh, that's not live yet, but it will be soon. I'm excited about that because I just feel like it's gonna be a lot easier way for uh, our target market, which is basically like managers, um, uh, HR people, CEOs, people that can actually say yes within the supply chain um, and just make it easy for them to get in contact with certain suppliers, manufacturers, find real up-to-date um, uh, information from different ports, that type of stuff. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. I love hearing that. That's great. Um, 
So I guess my last question is, uh, what can you give us some general advice for an entrepreneur, maybe someone that's just starting to become an entrepreneur? You know, what would you tell them? Know your numbers. Um, know your niche. Um, and just know that being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. Like, you have to really, really love what you're doing. Because if you don't, you're going to hate every single day of it. Okay? Every single day. Because it is a grind. Okay? It is not all glamour <laughs> and gold at all. It is a struggle until you, till you get it right. Once you get it right, it's still a struggle, but it's at least it's, you, your brain can rest a little bit, just a little bit. But you just have to know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and just learn to talk money because that's what's going to attract other people around you. If you can speak, you know, take a lesson, um, a course on like M&A or something like that, emerging acquisitions, and just learn to speak the jargon. Um, you know, I, I find myself getting myself now talking to VCs and everything, and that's what they want to hear. They want to know that you understand every part of your business. They want to know that you know your KPIs. They want to know what your CAC is, cost for acquisition cost. They want to know, um, you know, what your retention is. They they want you. They want to hear these terms all the time from you. They want to make sure that every quarter you know exactly where you are in your business. And then that's what's going to, if you're looking for investment, that's what's going to attract people to you. And when you're talking to customers, they want to know your numbers as well. They're going to ask you, okay, well, if I sign up for your service, how many leads are you going to guarantee me? How many of that is going to convert based off of other customers like me that you have? And usually with leads, you want to try to have at least a 20% conversion rate, you know, month after month, every quarter, at least that. Now, if that's not happening, uh, then you know you have a sales problem. And if you are converting and you're just not making enough revenue, then that means either you're targeting the wrong customer or you need to raise your prices. So those are key things that I would, uh, would say. Cool, Jason. Thank you so much for being on the show. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, well, my email is my name, Jason Turner, J-S-O-N-T-U-R-N-E-R at distribution.net. Um, you can also check out our, our corporate website, distribution.net. Um, or if you can go to our platform, distributionnetwork.com, take a look around. And then if you see anything that you like, you can send me a direct email and I will respond right away. Um, make sure you click on either the low board or deal board buttons on the distribution network that uh, if you're in the supply chain, the load board actually gets up-to-date loads from uh, JB Hunt and other well-known carriers that are looking for people to move loads uh, and other load boards in the industry. And our deal board, basically, if you're looking for financing, if you're a small business, medium-sized business, you're looking for financing, we have about four or five different private credit people listing uh, their deals on the deal board as well. Just click the get quote button and they'll give you a response within 15 minutes. Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Eric, man. I appreciate it.